When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! It's 3-2, baby! Let's go! Woo! Sorry. Sorry if I busted your earbums. 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 <laughs> I don't even care that I can't talk right now. Welcome to... Do- uh, oh my gosh, I cannot talk. Welcome to Starcastic Remarks. Along with Chris, my name is Ryan. I have to be very careful with my words right now because I can't figure out my words. And this is the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Go and check out all of our episodes anywhere you listen to our podcast. This is the after game review. After game five, Dallas Stars go up three games to two in the series. And they win this game by a dominant score of four to nothing. Christian, how are we feeling tonight? I am feeling very happy about this. This was the best game the Stars have played all playoffs, without a doubt. Top to bottom, every single second of it, even in the third period when we get very upset when they have large leads and they take them into the third period, it was perfect. Every part of it was perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. It was great. Who was the most impressive uh, Dallas Star for you tonight? Because there was quite a few that you could choose from. Uh. Jay Gottinger, first of all, the first shutout of the playoffs for any goaltender in the NHL. Fantastic. Um, he wasn't overly taxed tonight, so I'm going to give it back to Tyler Sagan, honestly. The first goal, he starts it off. He sets up the Mason Marchment goal perfectly with a great shot. He knew exactly why he was shooting it there. He's trying to get the rebound. He was fantastic again tonight. He's getting better and better every game he plays with that top line. He was amazing. I got to give it to Miro Haskinen. He's He is... He is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what else you say about him. He was great offensively. He was great defensively. He p- plays almost 30 minutes tonight. I think he finishes the game with like 28 or 29 minutes. Just absolutely fantastic. And he is at times he's behind the scenes really good. And then there's other times where it look he's, you know, dangling through the offensive zone and sets up Johnston for a chance there in the third period. 
he, he's just an excellent player. But he was on the ice like, for every single goal for. Yes. I would like to bring into the evidence exhibit B. Oh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> the best player for the Dallas Stars the last two games. Mr. Marcus Felino, everybody. Yay. Thank yeah. you, Felino. Yay. Okay, so that obviously has to be a big storyline here in today's game is the fact that, I mean, Marcus Felino, he, he goes after game four and complains about the fact that, oh, well, everybody's just really soft and you can't figure out how to play playoff hockey and yada, yada, yada. You want to tell me that play, that knee-on-knee play, was playoff hockey that yeah. was a that was a bad play it was an absolute stupid play you didn't see any kind of like argument from Dean Evison on that that was a clear knee on knee play he sticks his leg out he possibly could have caused an injury to Roddick Foxa how on earth can you look at that and try to defend that you can't you absolutely cannot. And and as much as he tried to argue in game four, which you, you might be able to argue a little bit because there were some ticky-tacky calls play, you cannot look at that particular play and tell me that that was not a penalty. You absolutely cannot. Yeah, it, and it's a lucky thing that it was more so on Fox's thigh than it was on his knee or else he would have been severely injured. He probably has a nasty bruise on it. That would be very interesting to see, honestly. <laughs> Um, but I also want to point out on the TNT broadcast, um, going after Paul Bissonette a little bit in the Barstool Sports Group, which for some reason hates the stars on Twitter. He was complaining that it was a five-minute major. He was like, there was no intent. It doesn't need to be a five-minute major. You don't it have to matter show if intent on five-minute yeah, majors. It, exactly. That guy is an NHL commentator on a nationally televised program and a former hockey player, and he doesn't know that rule. That's I embarrassing, think- Paul Bissonette. I think he does. I just think that he doesn't he didn't. think it was that bad. You need to go watch my clip. It's on my Twitter. He literally did not know. Yeah, I, I wish I could play it here so so we could hear it and everybody else can hear it, but you can't do that because then we'll get uh, we'll get in trouble with YouTube and stuff like that with TNT broadcast. But um, anyway, I, I mean, when you look at the story of the last two games, the stars have been very good, but for me. The story is Marcus Felino. It has to be. He he is. I mean, he is the reason why they lose Game Four because of his stupid penalties, and the Stars take advantage. And then he does a stupid play like this again in the at the beginning of Game Five. At the beginning of Game Five, and sets the tone for the entire game. And Minnesota is never able to get their game going tonight. Dallas does. And you, you you just can't take penalties against this Dallas Stars team right now. This team is the second. I can't believe they're the second best because Edmonton's ridiculous. They are the second best team in the NHL right now in the power in the playoffs when it comes to the power play. And I think that's another big storyline we need to jump into. Ten of the 16 goals at one point were scored on special teams, nine of them being on the power play, one of them being shorthanded. So you cannot take penalties against the Dallas Stars right right now. And that is an excellent, excellent weapon to have right now because you're taking advantage of the few opportunities that you get. 
And that's what we talked about in our preview. That was our biggest advantage over the Minnesota Wild was our special teams play. The Wild are not very good on special teams really either side. Um, and their style of play, obviously, we've noticed from the past five games, they're just trying to rough us up. When you do that, you're going to take more penalties. They're one of the most penalized teams in the league. All we had to do in this series was capitalize. And perfect capitalization. You had to score on that five-minute major. And they got it done immediately by Tyler Sagan. Fantastic. I mean, the execution couldn't have been better. And then the, the other thing that we I want to point out tonight is there may be some calls by Minnesota Wild fans or maybe even Dean Evanson, uh, Evison, the head coach, sorry, about like the, the officiating in tonight's game because there was, there was complaining about the officiating in game four. There was a lot of power plays for both sides tonight. There were three consecutive power plays for the Minnesota Wild in the second period. What happened? The Dallas Stars played defensive hockey and they shut it down 100%. And that's kind of a two-part point for me is, one, the Stars were excellent on the penalty kill tonight. Did not allow for anything to get set up for the Wild. And then second, they can't complain about the officiating tonight. They got power plays and it wasn't just like one here and then one in the third. It was consecutive. They had three consecutive power plays. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the penalty kill was fantastic. The Wild couldn't convert on it. We talked about that. They're not very good at it. Um, especially want to highlight uh, Fox on the penalty, those three penalty kills. I mean, the dude obviously is in pain. I mean, you can't take a hit like that and not be in pain. He was out for a large portion of the first period. He comes back and just makes crazy, crazy defensive plays on the penalty kill. Uh, specifically the one where he blocks a shot. He he goes down hard. He gets back up and he gets the puck cleared. I mean, fa- fantastic by those guys. The depth guys really shined through in that second period when we needed those kills. They were fantastic. Now, here's a $3 million question, Chris. And you're going to have to answer it. Is Roddick Fox worth the $3 million right now? Hmm. Nope. Oh, come <laughs> on! <laughs> Ah, uh, you're kidding I won't, me. I won't go that far. I won't go that far. Why are you going to ask me that every time I compliment him? <laughs> because, because the guy, he takes a knee-on-knee, like, hit. It's a dirty play. Sticks his leg out. Tr- tries to hurt one of our players. He, he gets an enormous block in one of the power plays. Then after he blocks it, he clears the dang puck. You're telling me that's not worth $3 million right now? He is absolutely I mean, worth $3 million in, right now. In that moment, absolutely agree with you. I'll go with that. I'll, I'll stretch that far. <laughs> you know, at the end of the year, when Roderick Fox scores like a major overtime goal, some whenever you are going to eat your words and you're going to make, you're going to say Roderick Fox is worth the $3 million. I, I, hope I, so. I, I will I guarantee agree. <laughs> you. I will guarantee you. I would love that. That, that will happen. Okay. So, uh, I, I want to tell you guys uh, a little bit about how I was feeling after the second period because I know we were up 3 nothing, but who else was up 4-1 last night and lost the game by the four? Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was flat out terrified, man, I'm telling you. And, of course, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the epic conclusion that was game four with the Toronto and Tampa Bay series. Tampa Bay was up four to one with less than 10 minutes remaining in the third period. I mean, Matthews goes and gets two goals. Someone else ties it up. 
to make it 4-4, and then they go and win the game in overtime. I I was terrified. I was legit terrified, and I, I know it's three goals. I, I know it's a three-goal lead, but it didn't matter. So I, I'm just curious if you were feeling like that, Chris, or if maybe people in chat, if you can tell me if y'all were feeling that same feeling, because I was terrified. Yeah, the second intermission, I was definitely feeling that. I was like, you can't come out and just play on your heels the entire period. But they didn't do that at all. I mean, they're playing the third period. It was definitely more locked down than uh, than the first two periods. Obviously, we're up three goals. That should be the case. But it, it, it was solid all around. The only mistake I would say was giving up that breakaway. I think it was in the middle of the third period, which was oof, pretty rough. But then a good a good recovery by Hanley there. Um but they were doing everything else right. They were clogging up the middle of the ice. They were stretching out and going on breaks whenever we did get the puck out of our own zone. So I think it was a very well-played defensive uh, period, especially when Minnesota was just all downhill trying to score that last goal. I want to ask you, I'm glad you brought it up because I I wrote this down in my notes, but the, the really good Hanley defensive play, I need to go back and look at it because I think who was the player that had the breakaway? Do you even remember the wild player? Was it, uh, was it Zook? I I don't remember. It might have been Steel again, honestly. Steel again, dude. That guy gets breakaways like crazy in this series. Yeah. Um. It, anyways, he he looked hacked off after Hanley made the play. I need to go back and look at it so I can't make a definitive statement uh, as to whether I thought that was a penalty or not. I don't know if you saw enough of it, Chris, because I didn't. What'd you, what did you think? Uh, I didn't see enough, but what I saw was just a good uh, stick check. So I, I think it was a fine play. I thought I thought it was a good defensive play, but I didn't see it very closely either. So Okay. All right, uh, let's talk about Ottinger because we briefly mentioned him, but I thought he was really good tonight. He, he was not, uh, what's the word, uh, mastodonic. I'll steal one from Razor here. But he was way above average here tonight he he was perfect i mean he doesn't have to be amazing if he's perfect (laughs) well he got unlike game four he got a tremendous amount of help when it comes to the defensive play by the dallas stars tonight it was fantastic but we did break down there were there were times when the stars broke down and they either were able to get back and make a defensive play off the rush or he was there to kind of wipe up the mess, and he did fantastic tonight. There were several plays that was like, ooh, that looks like a really good scoring chance, and then Ottinger seemed to make it look easy. Especially that first breakaway. I mean, just think about what happens if that first one goes in. Totally different game. I mean, it's it's completely different, and he just stones it. I mean, every breakaway he has been stopping recently, which is very good because the Minnesota Wild have found a hole somewhere in the Stars' defense that is giving them a lot of breakaways. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on all the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every game during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA team. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. 
Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. <laughs> Let's talk about another player who has just been on an absolute tear, who it's not a huge surprise, but he is the star's best offensive player right now, and that's Robe Hintz. He's got 11 points in six games. That's stuff you would expect from Robo, who he, he was good again tonight. I still I still feel like there's more there from him, but uh, let, let's not talk about him yet. Yeah. Talk about Hintz for a second, and... This let's discuss like how great he's been, and he has another three assist night tonight. Yeah, and his, his style of play just matches the playoffs so well too. The all around player that really starts mattering even more when it comes into the playoffs, and he's shown that he is able to get up and down the ice, offensive zone, defensive zone, make big hits, throw his weight around, skate hard. I mean, it, he's just been amazing. He's been the best player in the entire National Hockey League. And I, I want to highlight one of the things you said is his he's gritty. He, he He's pulled out the grit out of his game tonight. And or as the series has gone on too, he's thrown his weight around a little bit when uh, who was it that went after Miro? There was a, there was a hit that was kind of late Don't remember. and he went after him. I forgot who it was, but he, he tried to stand up for Miro there and said, dude, you're not going to do that again or I'm going to beat the crud out of you. Uh, he, he has been absolutely excellent. And I think if you look at a complete player, Robo is obviously the most talented when it comes to the offense. He's probably the smartest player on the Dallas Stars roster when it comes to hockey IQ. But you got to look at Hens and say he is the absolute best all-around player, can play in every single kind of situation, power play, penalty kill. He is absolutely the best skater on the stars right now. And he now he's also putting it up with points, like we said earlier, 11 points in six games. Yep, absolutely. He's been perfect. Or five games, five games, excuse me. But um, let's talk about Robo for a second. Um, he's not having to be the best player on the ice right now because I think that Ottinger is taking a mantle of that a little bit. And... Miro is doing that, and Hintz is doing that as well. I still feel like that there is another level that we are not seeing out of Jason Robertson right now. And and, and I'm not trying to be critical of him, but it's we've just seen him do some and like some crazy amazing things in the regular season, and I just feel like we have not seen that in this series yet. Is that fair to say? I'm going to argue that tonight, the rest of the series, I agree with you. And obviously I called for that as well. Um, but tonight he was very good. Uh, one assist. He had uh, four shots on goal tonight. That's and the Yeah. So he, 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 he played a lot better tonight. I, I, I think it was, uh, and, and the bigger thing 
sorry, I'm kind of all over the place on this take. But the bigger thing is he, he started throwing his weight around too. He took a big hit. He laid a big hit. And he started fighting for ice in the middle of, in the in the slot. Um, it, there was one play specifically. I He had it on the boards and he just took it to the middle. I mean, he, he didn't skate around the edge. He didn't look for a pass. He just took it to the middle, took a shot. And that's exactly what you want to see from him. Um, also, I think this is the team that's going to stop him up the most. I mean, we talked about that a little bit too, but the, the, probably the majority of the Minnesota Wilds game plan was to slow down Jason Robertson. And Which they've, they've done. done. They've done a pretty good job, but I mean, he's he's still putting up some solid points. So he's he's playing very well still. And I, I think the next series will absolutely see that get even better. I know you're already talking about the next series yet, Chris, but we got to stop. We got to stop. If Let's there's just... a next series, sorry. Yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, I, I'd much pr- rather prefer that. Knock on wood. Okay, um, I want to talk about two things that popped into my head. Uh, the, the chat is awesome tonight. They're, they're pulling up all of these points that we need to talk about. Uh, Mason Marchment, he has slowly been getting better through the series. He, he has not been – he was not very good in game one or two. Saw a little bit better defensive play in game three and game four, and then he is able to get on the board tonight with that third goal. And I think that was the goal that where I really felt super comfortable with the Dallas Stars going forward. And I, I know I talked about, you know, three-goal lead going into the second intermission, yada, yada, yada. But especially when he scored that goal, I was able to relax a little bit more. Yeah, agreed. And I think Domi and Marchman are getting better and better as the series goes on too. Um, they're, they were being physical earlier on in the series, but they weren't really getting much going. Now it kind of feels like they're kind of getting more consistent chances and it's just about them falling now. And since they're in that third line spot right now, since Joe Pavelski is out, that's kind of all you can ask for at the moment. Um, we we definitely going to need them if we move forward, (laughs) but there you go. There's the F good, (laughs) but for, for the situation we're in right now, they're doing very well. Okay, I want to talk about this because I, I think this is the difference in the series right now for Dallas. It, another big reason. Uh, Dallas has beaten Kaprizov to a pulp leg- legally. I think he, may, he meant to say literally. <laughs> no, they have done it legally. They have not taken oh, le- it Oh, okay. Excuse me for not understanding. Ardell, good job. You made me look stupid in front of uh, 32 people who are watching live tonight. Uh, but anyways, that is a big point to this year. I mean, he had the one goal. He scored once at the beginning of the series. He's had nothing since then. And we're now going into game six, and we have not seen Kaprizov almost at all. Yeah, and it's not for the lack of playing him. I mean, his time on ice tonight is 23 minutes for a forward. I mean, he's getting double shifted. He's playing all the time, and the Stars are just playing better defense against him. I mean, it's kind of similar to what the Wild are doing against Robo. I mean, those are the top guys on both teams offensively. And both teams have done a pretty good job of shutting him down. We've done a lot better job of sh- shutting down Kaprizov. You can also maybe point a little bit to he's probably still playing hurt, which is uh, I'm pretty confident Possibility. of. Possibility, yeah. Um, so, yeah, all that combined is good for Dallas. Another player that's kind of been snake bit for the Minnesota Wild right now is uh, Matt Boldy. He, he, I mean, he was on a tear end the season especially with Kaprizov out and unlike Kaprizov that where Kaprizov hasn't really been noticeable he's can be kind of ghostly kind of like Robertson at points 
Matt, Matt Boldy has just been snake bit, kind of very similar to Wyatt Johnston, in my opinion. Like, they've both had just shots after shot after chance after chance, and it just seems like neither one of them can really get something offensively, whether it be a, a goal or an assist. Yeah, it feels like towards the end of the regular season, the Wild kind of came back down to earth, which was unfortunate for them for timing-wise because they're back to their not scoring ways, which got them into the bad position they were in before they went on their crazy run, the same as Colorado did. So, yeah, Boldy's not putting up points like he was, and when he does put up points like that, they're one of the best teams in the league, but he's cooled down considerably. All right, well, we're getting down to the the nitty-gritty of the end of our after-game review. So let's look at a couple of questions that I think we need to discuss. The first one is not as big a deal, but I don't think you change it. Game six, do you take Hanley out? Because he has secretly and very quietly been pretty solid next to Thomas Harley. I'm not sold on Hanley, but if it's not broke, don't fix it, so you go with what it is. That um, is exactly what I was thinking, too. I'm I'm not good enough of a analyst to tell you exactly if he's playing well or not, but he hasn't made a big boo boo. So keep him in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's literally my thought process is Hanley has been okay, which is exactly what he does. He's solid defensively, but uh, I don't think you change anything. Keep it the same. And then, and then, okay, the biggest news before the game today actually was Pavelski. Pavelski is currently skating, Chris. He was out there with Olofsson and Tufty earlier this morning. Probably, I think it was probably after the morning skate, or maybe they, they were out there before the morning skate. I, I forget how it works uh, in the NHL. But either way, he was not out there with the line rushes with everybody else. Looks like he may be getting close to a comeback. Do we see Joe Pavelski come out for game six? Uh, I don't know. I think that's fully up to Pavelski and if he's doing good enough. Uh, DeVore was very optimistic when he talked about him uh, during the pregame interview that he had. So I really hope so. Um, it, it's just, I mean, having the best line in hockey back is obviously a great thing. I mean, it doesn't matter how good Sagan is playing. We know Sagan's great, but having Pavelski there is just better in my opinion. So I would love that to happen, but not unless he is back good enough to where he can actually perform on that top line and keep those top line minutes. So so here's, here's a thought. Actually, with two thoughts while you were talking. Um, I don't know if you bring Pavelski back. I mean, it's the same argument as if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If he's if he's not ninety percent, I, yeah. I don't think you bring him back. I agree. I be, think that's because true. Yeah. because it. I mean, if you're, I, I'm kind of torn about this because you know if you're looking forward and you're thinking that you're going to win the series, then you want him to be a hundred percent. But then the argument to the other side is okay, what if you lose game six and game seven and you didn't have Pavelski in game six and you could have won the game if he was in? So, and then you pull him in in game seven and just be like, oh, hey, here's a game seven situation. Uh, okay, do your magic. Yeah. So it, it's uh, definitely a tough thing to weigh, but whenever we're playing well, as we have the past two games, it's a lot easier to err on the side of caution with Pavelski right now too. And then let's also just talk like about Pavelski as a person. 
I mean, he has so many head injuries throughout his yeah. career. So like it, if he's not fully ready to go and not showing any symptoms of concussions or anything like dude, stay out. I mean, th- there's some serious stuff that comes with head injuries. So we, we, we don't want yeah. that to happen again for the rest of the playoffs. And, and then this is kind of a, a, a side thing, assuming Pavelski does come back and Ardell with a, a little insight into what I'm thinking here. Uh, Sagan is playing his guts out in Pavelski's absence. So huge for Dallas. Here's what I'm thinking. All of Sagan's goals have been on the what? Power play. When you bring Pavelski back, you don't need him to be playing even 17, 18 minutes. Leave Sagan on the power play on the top unit and let Pavelski play on the second unit. I think that might actually be a positive thing for the team, for Sagan to get going even maybe. I mean, it, it, I mean, I mean, that would definitely entertain that thought based off of how Sagan has played, and he's deserved. He he deserves to be on the top unit right now, and I, I mean, it, it it seems to kind of make some sense, right? Yeah, I, I agree. That kind of makes sense. The only way it wouldn't make sense is that Pavelski is one of our best power play goal scorers, um, just throughout the season and last season. So that's a little tough. But with the way that they're rolling right now, like we've said, the if it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, our power play is second only to Edmonton, which has the two best players in the league. So it's going pretty well right now. Yeah, it's it's just... I mean, that just seems to make some sense. And, like, uh, I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. Matto, we need that second unit to start rolling. I I don't think we need it. I mean, obviously, we're second in the power, in the playoffs right now in the power play. But wouldn't it be nice if you'd be able to leave your first unit off for a little bit and trust that your second unit is also going to get some goals as well? I mean, it, it's a strength for the Stars right now, especially. Why not make it even stronger? I mean, Pavelski, all he's got to do is just stand in front of in the high slot, tip the puck. Yeah, and I, so I don't, I don't even know if the second unit's playing bad. They're just not getting any chances. <laughs> yeah, the Stars are scoring too quickly. So. Just a thought. I I mean, I don't think you could go wrong either way. So, Agreed. I mean, it is what it is. So, um, all right. It's getting late. Chris, biggest winner, biggest loser? Uh, Biggest winner tonight. I'm going to stick with what I said at the top. Tyler Sagan. He was fantastic. I love seeing him great, play great playoff hockey. He's healthy. He's never, it feels like he's never been healthy during the playoffs. It's just so great to see him play healthy and hard. And man, it's so fun. I'm I'm gonna go with you on Tyler Sagan on this because I, I mean you could pick you could pick Otter you could pick Miro Haskinen, but we've kind of seen those guys step up in the playoffs e- even last year. Tyler Sagan has filled a void that was huge when Pavelski left, and right now he has jumped up. He's been up for for it on the top line. He has been absolutely excellent and i i think yes ottinger is the reason why the stars are winning the series right now especially because of game four but sagan is the difference sagan is 100 the difference on this team right now and if we didn't have him this might be a completely different series without him he filled some pretty massive shoes 
Do we even have to say who the biggest loser is? <laughs> <laughs> the MVP. The MVP of the Marcus Dallas Bucks playoff. Marcus Foligno. Oh, I He's love amazing. it. He is absolutely amazing. Marcus Foligno. He is the biggest I'll, loser. I want to talk a little bit about game six. Uh, okay, let's do it. Hardest game to win in a series. The last one. No matter what game it is. That's the hardest game to win. Um, so we're going back into St. Paul. The Wild are going to be on fire. They're going to have two days of rest. It's it's going to be the hardest game of the series since game one, I think. I think the Wild are going to try and play the same way they played game one. Well, I mean, if you're the Wild, you don't want to play like you did in game one because you gave up a whole bunch of chances to the Stars, and like two-thirds of the game, they did not look good. They looked good in the first period, and that was about it. Yeah. So, I, think- I mean, if you're the Wild, you're looking – specifically at game three and looking at how do I, how do we get game three atmosphere into game six? They don't have the offensive production though, I think. And I don't, that's not their MO anyway. I mean, they're going to, their fallback is going to be the aggressive hard hitting style and playing defense. And I think that's what they're going to fall back to. And they're going to try and win this game one to nothing on Friday. And is that all you want to talk about with game six? Or is there anything else? You want to uh, Foligno, he might be suspended. I don't think he will since he would got a game misconduct for the entirety of the game. This was yeah, like at I the think. end of the third period, maybe. But also, man, I hope he doesn't because we're going to need him. We need our MVP <laughs> back in the lineup. <laughs> oh, Chris, I love you. Okay. Uh, I, I want to give a couple of shout outs real quick uh, because – especially after we highlighted those two one-star reviews on Apple podcasts, y'all have been amazing. Absolutely amazing going out there and, you know, making our, making us look better than we actually are. We don't deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) So we appreciate it. Uh, But uh, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but Dr. Sipes, I think that's D R S I P E S on Apple podcasts left us an amazing five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we absolutely appreciate that. And then also, you know, Ardell, we, we got to give you a shout-out as well. One-star review. What? You didn't know about that? You should have known about yeah, that. Get on our socials, Ardell. Come yeah. on. And uh, Ardell was very kind, and he generously donated his season ticket seats to uh, the Chambers family to – let both my dad and James go and watch the brilliance that was game five. So thank you to Ardell for, for doing that. And I'm sure that James and my dad had absolute fun watching that game. So thank you to him. And then one more, I I got a lot of shout outs today. A lot of thank yous. Yeah, I know a lot of thank yous. Um, there was a, there was a really, really cool, uh, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday. Uh, but it was uh, Saad Youssef. He did. He did a. Uh, he took answers, or took answers, took questions on the athletic app, and basically just you know invited people to come talk to him on the athletic app, and he answered a whole bunch of questions about the stars and like specifically about the the series and you know Kaprizov and they there was even a Minnesota Wild fan who came in and he was the last last person to get a question in with Saad. So shout out to uh, Saad Youssef and the incredible, amazing work that he does. And guys, he is the only full-time Dallas Stars beat reporter right now because Matt DeFranks is no longer 
with with us. <laughs> it makes it sound like he's dead. <laughs> no longer on the Dallas <laughs> he might as well be dead. He went to the St. Louis Blues organization dead to cover us. them. But no, no, I'm just kidding. We we still love uh Matt DeFranks. But seriously, thank you, Saad, for what you do and we appreciate it. And it was a lot of fun getting to to listen to that. Uh I forgot if it was today or yesterday. It might have even been today, but whatever. Okay. Uh Chris, anything else? Game six, close it out. Don't make Let's it take go. seven. Go and check out sarcasticremarks.com for all the latest information on our podcast. And please, if you like this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review like Dr. Sipes did, as well as Nick Maroach. We appreciate them as always. And uh, if you're, for those of you that are listening live, there are 35 people listening. That is crazy, Chris. Like, that's amazing. I never thought, you know, two years ago, three years ago when we started this thing that, this many people would actually listen to us, but they do go watch more (laughs) hockey. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, for those of you that are left listening afterwards, y'all are the MVPs, just like Marcus Foligno is. And (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I'm going to keep bringing that up. I love it. And, uh, along with Chris, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. And we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening Chris, take us out. GG, boys. Three down.